everyone. Welcome to tonight's special program, Anti-Semitism at the University of Toronto. My name is Rabbi Jared Grover. It's my privilege to be moderating this Zoom session. That's what it sounded like Monday night at a community panel discussion held at Beth Tikva Synagogue in Toronto on what is happening with the fight against anti-Semitism at the University of Toronto. The panel comes as student councils at at least six Canadian campuses have passed or are about to pass new anti-Israel and pro-BDS policies over the last few weeks. So we're talking three at U of T and then one at McGill, at Concordia, at UBC. And tomorrow on Wednesday, Simon Fraser's student council will be in the spotlight. They're voting on a motion entitled Palestinian Liberation, and it not only supports all forms of resistance to fight what it calls Israeli settler colonialism, but it wants Israel to give back all of the land in the country, not just the West Bank and Gaza. You might say, well, it's just a bunch of radical university students, and that's what they do at this age, so why pay them any attention? But Jewish student leaders say that would be a mistake because it seems to them there is a renewed and highly organized effort underway by pro-Palestinian groups with help from outside the country, including the Middle East, to take over campus politics, silence Jewish voices, and more. The fact that this libel has circulated and is now dominant at McGill is uh, shameful for a world-class university, and it's something that um, I think students like myself have a duty to fight against. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, April the 12th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. We don't know exactly how many Canadian university student councils already have BDS policies on the books, but a Canadian advocacy group for Palestinian rights called Canadians for Justice and Peace in the Middle East keeps a list on its website called BDS Endorsers. They have 22 university student councils on the list and another 17 student clubs. The president, Michael Buchert, tells the CJN they didn't help fund or even organize the most recent campaigns. But they are actively working to make sure McGill's BDS policy stays in force. Over a thousand emails have been sent to McGill administrators to date. And Jewish students say there are some campus flyers being handed out that have a QR code that link directly to the CJMPE website. Coming up, we'll check in at both ends of the country, from Vancouver and from Montreal, to hear what Jewish students are doing to fight back, but having mixed success. First, though, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Janice Saylor in Calgary, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. The only Jewish member of Quebec's National Assembly has announced he won't run for re-election in the fall. David Birnbaum made the announcement Monday. He's a Liberal, and he's been in office for eight years, first in government with the Liberals until 2018, and then in opposition ever since. Birnbaum represents the heavily Jewish riding of Darcy McGee, which encompasses Cote-Saint-Louis, Cote-Dinez, Snowden, and Hampstead. He's currently been in hot water over suggesting an amendment to the controversial Bill 96 language law. The idea would have required all English CJEP students to take at least three courses in French. Birnbaum now admits that idea was a mistake and that the whole bill is bad, but he says this had nothing to do with his decision to retire in October. <laughs> My first guest is in Vancouver. He's Gilly Cohen. He's 22, and he now works for the Hillel office in BC. From a broader picture, 
it looks like there is a renewed effort happening at university campus. It was quiet for a while, like the last four or five years, it was quiet. But now since January, even early this year, five or six universities are, are dealing with this. Certainly. Um, it's, it's a renewed effort. And there's a lot of language which uh, intentionally tries to be palatable uh, to a broader audience. You know, um, you know, the language of divestment and human rights discourse that's being used is, is they're, they're trying to reinvigorate a, a movement which was once, um, you know, in its budding stage, the BDS movement during the early 2000s was kind of proliferating. And now in new language with a very similar mandate, it's resurfacing. And I do think that it is a national and continental initiative with a lot of organization. Like these groups, the Palestinian Youth Movement, Solidarity for Palestinian Human, human Rights, Sami Dun uh, Palestinian Prisoner Network, these are all groups that are aligned. They host speakers and they have continental and national ties. And a lot of the time they support speakers who are part of the PFLP, uh, the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. Earlier on this year at UBC, they tried to have two members of the leadership, one of them being Khalid Barakat, who is on a no-fly list in the EU. They, they are definitely collectivizing right now and we can see the, the sort of concerted effort to resurface this, these ideas in a more palatable way for, um, a, a, you know, maybe individuals who aren't radical, but who support the notion of human rights, you know, so that they can use this discourse to pull them into the radical ideas that they actually hold. So it's, it's really frustrating because the narrative is, is made in such a way that we think there's a peaceful Palestinian opposition to the aggressive Israeli military presence, which is just so not the case. And it really brushes over um, the, the very real and traumatic and frightening circumstances that Israelis have to live under. And that, that lived experience or those lived experiences of Jews in the region is completely silenced. It is a, definitely a resurgence. But from a, you know, a non-campus person's point of view, who cares what a bunch of university student councils say? I wonder if you can help me explain why this, is, this renewed resurgence is important and we should be paying attention. So there's a lot of nasty precedent that I think this sets. So, um, and it sets for Jewish communal organization that could take place on campus, which affects you know, the, the cohort of young adult Jews. And namely, that is that in, in certain circumstances, specifically what we see at Simon Fraser and at McGill, is a concerted effort to um, boycott and to silence all groups or associations that have cultural ties to the state of Israel. This is a cultural boycott. That sets a, like I said, a nasty precedent because you could have groups like Hillel, which is, you know, the largest international Jewish organization in in the world and they they could potentially be swept away from campus life through these um motions that are being passed and jewish students will no longer have the ability to access a kosher meal they'll feel less safe to study on campus because they won't have you know the room in their hillel house where they're able to go and know that they can kind of find other jews who who live through their experiences and so i'd say one of the, the larger questions that this is raising is how are young adult Jews 
um, going to collectivize and build communities um, if they are being, you know, uh, confronted as, you know, connected to some evil, you know, Zionist conspiracy that's taking place uh, throughout campuses in North America, which is not what Hillel does. So what happens now? What, what do we expect? Um, at Simon Fraser, this is an upcoming motion to pass, the one that legitimizes all forms of violence. That's this Wednesday. So Jewish students are coming out to speak. I, I am unable to go as uh, an external Jewish support, despite the fact that they've had members uh, from the uh, Students for Justice in Palestine who are not students come and speak at previous council meetings. They've had multiple members from the the Palestinian liberation cohort come and speak and give educational um, slideshows and deliverables about uh, the conflict, not mentioning the word Israel once. Why doesn't we get young Jewish people to run and be president of student councils? Yeah, no, it's that's that's the problem. You know, the classic example is people, you know, they bring bring back the 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 mythology of Erwin Kotler taking over the SSMU at McGill and back in 19 something. And, you know, I think that is it's, we want the next Erwin Kotler to come on campus and, and to, to bring about the, the opinion that the Jewish community wants to hear and to mobilize the students, but it's uh, it's a different age and um, following um you know the recent operations that have taken place in the region. It's it's a it's a very different landscape when it comes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and uh, the the case for Israel is still one that ought to be made. But simultaneously, um, it's it's very it's it's very unpopular to the point that we're you know we're seeing even within the Jewish community um, a lot of opposition to some of Israel's actions. So there's a changing landscape there. And turning now to Montreal, where McGill Student Society voted in March to adopt a policy that asks the school to divest from companies that help Israel continue to carry out so-called settler colonialism and brutal repression of Palestinians. Jonah Freed is 21. He's a history student at McGill, and he also volunteers with a campus organization called the Committee for Accuracy in Middle East Reporting and Analysis. How many Jewish students actually and profs are there? Do you know? At McGill. There are 5,000 Jewish students at McGill. It's about 14%. There's a Jewish studies department. I can't speak to the number of Jewish professors, but there are a lot. Um, you know, Jewish life is pretty robust at McGill, um, notwithstanding all of this anti-Semitism, all of this anti-Zionism. So why don't you tell us what's the latest? What, what has just happened in the last couple of days? Sure. Well, first of all, the policy already passed. Um, I would argue that it was illegitimately passed, but... It's passed. <laughs> um, all the media outlets are reporting that 71% of students voted in favor of the policy. And then if you scroll farther down, perhaps like four paragraphs in, they acknowledge that only 2,000 students voted. And that's the critical piece here, right? It was passed. And they're claiming that this is somehow student democracy, when in fact, only 2,000 students voted, which is less than 10% of the electorate, mind you. And as I will get into later, this uh, Palestine solidarity policy uh, was marred with various inconsistent electoral bylaw um, complications. Um, for example, uh, its supporters put up posters that were not approved. 
Um, there was a judicial board, which is kind of like the student union's um, Supreme Court. <laughs> they passed an injunction after I applied for one to uh, prevent the referendum from proceeding because we had, I think, very legitimate legal objections to the policy. Nevertheless, it was reinstated. Um, that's just one example of how this policy was passed in a completely illegitimate fashion. Just to take a little bit of context, you were on student council. You are, are you no longer on council? No. So I was elected to the uh, Student Society of Miguel University, SMU, Student Union uh, Legislative Council in my first year. And I served there until May 2020. Um, after that, I did continue to work in some committees that were uh, part of the SMU, but I was employed as an editor at the McGill Tribune, which is one of the student papers on campus, and I'm no longer there. What was it like for you uh, when you joined? Um, what was it like as a Jew, uh, you know, to be on camp on that count student student union? Well. Uh give you a snapshot. Um, you might have heard of Jordan Wright. She was a uh, student representative uh, my first year. Um, she was on council with me. And my first meeting, <laughs> the first legislative council session that I went to, which by the way was eight hours and ended at like 4 a.m., was the one where the student council voted to impeach her because she went on that trip or she was offered this trip to Israel. <laughs> um, so that's how it felt. <laughs> um, it, I, for a long time, I tried to walk a cautious line between supporting Israel being the you know, Zionist Jewish person that I am um, and uh, trying to fit in, represent uh, what I thought the majority of students wanted, for example. I mean, you know, being a student representative, for example, whatever that actually means. I mean, who knows? Um, but also, you know, I mean, I, uh, I could point out certain things about Israel that I disagree with, right? But I would still consider myself a Zionist. Um, and I tried to make that clear to people at McGill who are obviously anti-Zionist um, to appease them. Um, but it, the past two years have shown me that it simply doesn't work. And um, the level to which anti-Zionism and criticism of the state of Israel frequently descends into actual outright anti-Semitism at McGill is truly horrendous. Freed is getting help from other Jewish groups on campus, and B'nai B'rith has sent a legal advisor in to help him. Meanwhile, McGill's president has weighed in, saying the divestment motion is illegal, and unless it's canceled, McGill could pull funding from the student union. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Alan Nussbaum of Vaughan, Ontario. He's got an inventory sale now on of his office furniture and computer stuff because, like many of us, he's been working remotely, and so the business is going to stay that way and the office will stay closed. If you want to find out what he's selling and make an offer, just contact me and I'll put you in touch. ebessner at thecjn.ca or find me on Facebook or Twitter. And we'll end the episode with a question for you. We are coming up to our one-year anniversary of the CJN Daily. Can you believe it? On May the 2nd. So we want to know how we should mark the milestone. Please tell us what you'd like to hear. Find us on Facebook or Twitter, or again, hit me up at ebessner at thecjn.ca. Thank you.